two-part series. If this is your first Sunday with us, don't worry. We're going to quickly catch you up on what we have been talking about. We have said that if we look at our lives kind of on a timeline of sorts, that on one side that we have authority and uh, authority figures, anything that represents rules, regulations, things that we're told to do, authority. But then way over here, we have freedom, freedom from authority. And we have a tendency to say that over here, the closer I get to the rules regulation, or even the closer I get to God, the more rules, the more authority that I have. So we have a tendency to turn our back on authority, to run the other way toward freedom, because we don't want nobody telling us what to do. we, we, We don't want to be told what to do. I want freedom, so I run to freedom, but, but here's the reality. What we discovered in week one and week two is that this whole concept of a world, a life without authority really is a lie. It's a lie from the evil one. We will never escape authority. It is a fact of life. It's always going to be there. There's no such thing as freedom from authority. So we've been using these verses, and I want to quickly read through them. They speak very plainly, very clearly about authority. So here we go. Romans chapter 13, verses. uh, start with verse 1. The New Testament tells us that everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is actually rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. And then also in Peter, 1 Peter, he, Peter has some things to say very similar to that. So 1 Peter chapter 2, here's a couple of verses, verse 13. Peter says, for the Lord's sake. In other words, he says, this is a spiritual matter. This is not just about obeying human laws. This is a spiritual matter. For the Lord's sake, respect all authority, whether the, uh, the king as head of state or the officials that he has appointed. He said all of them, respect all that authority for God's sake. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. Now, this is basically what we said in week number one and week number two. We can't be close to God and at the same time be rebelling against authority. It can't happen. We can't be wrong with authority and be right with God. Uh, We also said that it can't be on God's plan for your life and my life. We cannot be on that plan. We cannot be on track with God following his plan for our lives if we're running away from authority. We also said this, that, that we can't be centered with God if we are challenging the authority that God has set up. So practically, here's what this means. Students, middle school, high school, college, students, here's what it means. Your parents, you cannot be right with God if you are rebelling against your parents. It's impossible. And I know that's bad news, 
Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Bad news. It gets worse, though. You can't be right with God if you are wrong with your teachers, even if they treat you unfair. Wow, that's a tough one. But we say, I don't like the rules. I don't like the way they treat me. I don't like how this happened or that happened. But I know, I know, I know. But that doesn't change the fact that we must step under the light. That's what we're saying. Out of the darkness, under the light, under their authority. Now the next one, students. And let's include parents in this too. Students and parents. We have a desire to make some right decisions, some of those big decisions that we need to make in life, like where am I going to go to school, where am I going to go to college, who am I going to date, who am I going to marry, all these big decisions. We have a desire to make right decisions. What career am I going to take and, and follow? What path? You know, we want to make these decisions right, and we want to really listen to God and let him lead us and guide us. And, and we want to try to follow him and what he wants for us on these big things. As we make these big decisions, we want him to be right. Okay, but here's the problem. We must be right with authority or we won't hear God. And we won't sense him leading us for those big decisions that we want to make right. Okay, adults. Here's a few words for us. Supervisors. Eh. Bosses. Ah. Even landlords. What? <laughs> landlords? Authorities? To get things right with God, we have to get things right with our authorities. And here's a real tragedy. In resisting authorities that God has set up, the New Testament tells us we're also resisting God. And He's the one who loves us the most. And it is Him who can, can bring the changes in our lives from the inside out. Now, all of that that I've just said brings us to the question that we're asking today. And last week we ended with this question, so today we're going to pick it up. And here's the question. What about evil leaders? Those authorities who are really evil, do we even have to submit to them? What about them? I mean, what about people like Hitler? What about people like those evil dictators, like you heard about Saddam Hussein in Iraq years ago, uh, the guy in North Korea right now, Kim Jong-un? What, what about people like that? What about those leaders in Somalia and Libya and Sudan, all of those countries in Northern Africa? What about those Middle Eastern leaders and even those local tribal leaders in Afghanistan and Pakistan and Iran? All of those authorities, if you lived there, would you have to submit to them? What about that? Because if we read Romans, the, chat, the verse we just read, the verses, and 1 Peter, and if those are actually true, then how do we reconcile that? How do we reconcile 
submitting to an evil leader, an authority that we just read that God established, but they're evil. Here's a good question. I mean, even in the United States of America, if we had followed the, the, that Romans passage and that First Peter passage to the T, if we had followed that, then there would have been no civil rights movement. What about that? I mean, during the civil rights movement, were they rebelling against God? Because clearly there were laws in place. So what about that? All right. Well, that's the question for today. So let's take a very close look at those passages that we just read. Let's start with that first one. We're going to look at that one. All right, so here's a statement. It's written in Romans chapter 13, verse 1. We read it. Let's take this phrase. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Everyone must submit. That's pretty clear, right? But let me give you a question. Why must we submit to those governing authorities? Well, here's the answer. Because all authority exists ultimately by God's design. God has designed this whole authority thing, including the authority of the state, or we would say the government. God even designed that. And here's how he says it. He says, for all authority comes from God, and those impositions of authority have been placed there by God. So here's the conclusion that we can draw from that. Therefore, to resist the authority or the authorities is to resist God's intent. And here's where we get that. So the New Testament says... Anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Okay, but let's back up. If to resist the authorities is to resist God's intent, don't let me lose you here. Hang, hang tight with me. But what is God's intent? What is God's intent? And here's the answer. We're going to jump to verse 4. The authorities, according to the scripture, are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. In other words, it is God's intent that through his servants, or in this case, the government, through the governing authorities, that evil acts will be punished. He goes on, he says, they are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who are doing wrong. That's God's intent, that the government authorities or those in, authorities, uh, in authority will punish evil acts. Now let's go backwards to verse 3. Here's verse 3. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but those who do wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? This is what he's asking, and he answers the question. Okay, you would. So, so do what is right then, and they will honor you. Okay, so here's what this is saying. The authorities are there 
to help restrain bad behavior. And they do that through the fear of punishment. But at the same time, the authority is there to promote good behavior, and that is encouraged. So, don't let me lose you. Listen to this. Paul, as he's talking about this here in the book of Romans, in his mind, as he is writing this down, in his mind, Paul has in mind good governments. Good governments who do good things and they protect and they serve. He's not writing here about evil governments. Good governments will generally do good things and they will approve of good things, generally speaking. And doing evil, a good government will generally punish evil behavior. There are some hits and misses, but generally that's what will happen. They will encourage good and reward good. They will punish bad behavior. As long as a government punishes evil and praises good, then submission to God will always conform to submission with authority. Let me say that again. That's a big statement. As long as a government or an authority punishes evil and praises good, then submission to God will always conform to submission to that authority. But as soon as a government begins to punish good and praise evil, then submission to that authority will be in direct opposition to submission with God. And here's why. We are called to respond to this. Because we are first and foremost, if we are a follower of Jesus, we are first called to follow and submit to God. And if following a human authority is going to lead us to doing uh, wrong according to God, then that means we must choose God instead. You see, the fact that God has placed authority does not mean that all authority should be obeyed. Here's our bottom line. It becomes right to resist who God has appointed in order to obey what God has commanded. Let me give you an example of this. In Acts, uh, the book of Acts, this is written after Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again three days later. He spent some time with his followers and then he went to heaven. Then the church begins, and that's where we find largely most of the book of Acts. And so 
exciting things are happening as the church is beginning. But listen to this scenario. Acts chapter 5. The captain went with his temple guards. Now those are two authority figures. The captain and the temple guard. They are Jewish authority figures. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. So the apostles were very popular for a few days, <laughs> and they thought, if we arrest them, we might get stoned. So let's do this really nicely. You know, you're under arrest. Come, come with us <laughs> quietly, please. And so they arrest them. And then, in verse 27, then they brought the apostles before the high council. The high council was also a Jewish authority. They brought them to the high council where the high priest, the high priest was the top Jewish authority, where the high priest confronted them. So now the high priest is getting ready to let these apostles have it. And here's what he says, verse 28. We gave you strict orders. In other words, they said, here's a rule, follow it. Do this. You must do this. We gave you strict orders. Never again teach in this man's name. They're talking about Jesus. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. Instead, he says, instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. In other words, exactly what we told you not to do. You did it. You broke the law. You broke the rule. You broke the regulation. And then he said, he started complaining a little bit. And you want to make us responsible for his death. Well, I mean, yeah, they did kill him. So, verse 29. But Peter and the apostles replied, so here's their answer to breaking their rules, their laws. We must obey God rather than human authority. And so here, that takes us back to our bottom line. There is a time that it becomes right to resist who God has appointed as an authority in order to obey what God has commanded. Now, there's just one example in the New Testament. There are many, 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 many. Let me give you one of many examples in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And so this is God speaking to the Israelites, this nation that is following God. Mm, well, somewhat. But he's speaking to them. Deuteronomy chapter 13, here's what God says. Suppose there are prophets among you. Now, a prophet would be an authority figure for the Israelites. He says, suppose there are prophets among you or those who dream dreams about the future and they, they promise you signs and miracles. And let's just say, verse 2, he says, and let's just say, the predicted signs and miracles occur. They happen. They come true. And then, so this authority figure, the prophet, and then they say, hey, hey, Israel, come this way. Let us worship these other gods, gods that you've never known before. Come over here. I'll introduce you to them, these other gods. This authority figure is telling them, hey, let's go over here and worship these other gods. And here's what God is telling the Israelites, verse 3. Do not listen to them. And here's why. He says, the Lord your God is testing you 
to see if you truly love him with all your heart and all your soul. And so what we learn from this, even in the old covenant, is that there are times in our lives where it does become right to resist who God has appointed in order to obey what God has commanded. And here's the truth of it. We honor God above our state, above our government. Now remember, this is so important. You are not off the hook. Remember, if the law, the rule, the regulation, the request from the authority or from the government or from the teacher, if, if the request does not require us to disobey Jesus, then we are commanded to submit. All right? We're commanded to submit. First Peter tells us it is for the Lord's sake that we will submit to those. So we're not off the hook. Listen, speed limits, it doesn't matter what evil person may have voted that in. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't cause us to disobey God, we must submit. Stop signs. Taxes, oh, taxes, ah. Students, curfews. Hunting regulations. <sighs> yeah, I know, it's horrible. But if it doesn't cause us to disobey God, we must submit. If the laws, the rules, the regulations, the request of authority, if it does not require us to disobey God's command, then we are commanded by God to submit for the Lord's sake. Just as the day may come where we have to disobey a government or an authority for Christ's sake, we also must obey authorities and governments for Christ's sake. But it's important to understand, we don't have two masters. We have one master. All of our submission is under the lordship of Christ. Every time we say yes to a law, we're saying yes to Jesus. But God called us to obey and to obey his commands no matter what. As the band makes their way up, let me give you another snapshot. Another snapshot in the New Testament. This also is in the book of Acts as the church is getting going. Acts chapter 17. Now the authorities in this passage are looking for two people specifically, for Paul and for also a man named Silas. They're looking for them, and then here's what happens. It says, not finding them there, they dragged Jason and some other believers instead. So they grabbed, when they went and looked, they couldn't find them, so they grabbed who was there and took them. 
Instead, they took them before the city council. So now they have them before this authority, this city government, the city authority. And here's what they say. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world. And some translations say this. They say, Paul and Silas have turned the world upside down. And then it says, and now they are here disturbing our city too. Right here. And this guy, Jason, has welcomed them into his home. So they're saying that makes him part of it. So we couldn't get them, but we got this guy and these people. That's, that's, that's going to be good enough for right now. And here's what they say about them. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar. That was the Roman government. Guilty of treason against Caesar for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. Now here's what we learn. I think one of the things we learn from this passage is that we too, they did and we too have if you're following Jesus, you have a foreign king, not of this world. Our king is Jesus. Now, we also choose to submit to human authorities just as Jesus commanded us to do. And we talked about this last week, just as Jesus himself chose to submit to human authorities. We're commanded to do that too. But within these limits, let me give you two limits. Here's the first. I am first obeying Christ. And if for some reason in my obeying Christ, I have to disobey a human authority, then I have to do that no matter the cost. It's going to cost us if we disobey human authority. So that brings us to this question again. So what about evil authority? What about evil leaders? What about people like Hitler? What about people like Saddam Hussein and this North Korean guy, Kim Jong-un? What about the Middle Eastern leaders and the local tribal leaders who are persecuting Christians and Christ followers? In Afghanistan and Pakistan and Iran. What about those who are persecuting Christians in northern Africa and Somalia and Libya and Sudan? If you lived there among them, would you have to obey them? Well, I think we learned this morning that there may come a time in your life that it becomes right to resist who God has appointed in order to obey what God has commanded, no matter the cost. And it will cost if that day comes. And again, we're talking about things that make you violate the commands of Jesus. We're not talking about the speed limit. And we're not talking about your parents telling you to be home at 12. We're talking about things that cause you to violate the commands of Christ. And if that does come the time for you, then it does become the right time to resist who God has appointed in order to obey what God has commanded. I'm reading a biography 
um, of a guy, his name is uh, Bonhoeffer, and he was a uh, he was a pastor in Germany before World War II and during World War II. As Hitler was was coming up through the ranks, he saw what was about to happen. He could sense, not Hitler, Bonhoeffer could sense something bad was on the horizon for their country and for the people in their countries. He knew it. And he began to see where submitting to the Nazi party was going to cause him to disobey God. And for him, it became right to resist who God had appointed as an authority in order to obey what God had commanded, no matter the cost. And it cost him. In fact, he was, he was also he was a pastor, but he was also part of a plot to see the evil Hitler assassinated. Bonhoeffer was arrested, and eventually Bonhoeffer was killed. You call that, in today's term, a martyr. Someone who died for a cause. Died unjustly for a cause. But in his life, it became right to resist who God had appointed in order for him to obey what God had commanded, no matter the cost. I'm so grateful that we have such freedoms in the United States. We haven't faced that. But you know what? People face it every single day. Every day in this world. These two books are filled, the pages are filled with the story, true stories. Bonhoeffer is in this book. Just a couple pages. These books are filled with the pages of people who came to the point in their lives where it became right to resist what God had appointed, who God had appointed, in order for them to obey what God had commanded, no matter the cost. And the cost was for these people their lives. These books were written in you know the early 2000s. I mean, probably probably somewhere around 15 years ago. 10 to 15 years ago. And since then, and it wasn't even everybody up to that point. Obviously, the volumes couldn't contain it. But since then, people die every single day because they are at that point where they understand it becomes right to resist who God has appointed as an authority in order for them to obey what God has commanded no matter the cost. I am grateful for our country. And we have such freedoms. You had a freedom to be here today. You didn't have to sneak in. You didn't. I'm grateful for that. I, I can't tell you what your authority may ask you to do. But I can say this. If there comes a time 
when an authority asks you to do something that conflicts with what Jesus has commanded. We have to follow Jesus. But I also know this. If the authorities in your life, even if they are not God followers, they are not Christ followers, they're not God followers, that if what they are asking you to do does not conflict with what Jesus has asked, you must submit because you can't be right with Jesus if you are wrong with the authority that he has set up. But there does come a time when it becomes right to resist who God has appointed in order to obey what God has commanded, no matter the cost. This is not simple. And I don't pretend that it is. So as you live your life and as I live my life, we must have God's wisdom. If the day comes where we're looking at resisting a command from an authority, then we have to ask some very serious questions. Here's the first. What command of Jesus is this authority telling me to abandon? We must be able to answer that. And then I think we should take it a step further and say, would Jesus disobey? And let's take it one more step further and say, how do you know that Jesus would disobey? We better be able to look in that new covenant in his words. And we better be able to see very clearly what Jesus would do. I hope that we have begun to answer that question of submitting to the authorities that God has established. But what do we do with evil authority? I hope we've given you a start, and I understand it is imperfect. I am imperfect even in trying to break this down. I'm imperfect in trying to understand this, but I hope we've given you a start. Now, our job is to take those words, those verses in the New Covenant and allow God to help us live them in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we have one Lord. We have one Master. It's you. And you commanded us to submit to our human authorities. And you said it, it was a spiritual matter. It was submitting to those human authorities for your sake. But you also commanded us to resist authority when it is for your sake as well. For the sake of following your commands when we're asked to break your commands. Jesus, this is no simple task. And may we seek your truth. May we seek your wisdom. 
And may we ultimately submit to you, Jesus, the one, the only one who died on the cross for the sins of the world. May we submit to you, Jesus. Amen.